0: Welcome to the Powering Real Estate Podcast, sessions with top real estate business leaders and their strategies for success. Learn from some of the best in the industry. Join Lee Adkins as he
1: talks to industry leaders on how they build and maintain their real estate business. All right, I'm here today with Eric Bramlett of Bramlett Residential in Austin, Texas. How are you, Eric? I'm great. How are you doing, Lee? I'm doing great. Doing great. Excited to dig in. So you are the owner of Bramlett Residential. Tell us a little bit about the company and then we'll talk about your background in a minute.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, we are a mid-sized brokerage. We like to say that we're a mid-sized brokerage that provides outsized support, technology, lead opportunities, culture, and training.
1: Awesome. Love it. And what was what's your background? What did you do before real estate and how did you get into real estate?
0: Yeah, so I got into real estate pretty early. I sort of fell into it. Um, I graduated uh, college in 2001, bartended for a couple of years, landed in Austin, uh, and then fell into real estate in 2003. Uh, so I've done it for uh, coming up on 19 years now, which is kind of insane whenever you think about it. Uh, I always tell people that you know I got into real estate in 2003, but I didn't really decide that I wanted to be in real estate until 2011, 2012. That's when I got serious about it, and I founded Bramble Residential in 2012.
1: Awesome, that's super cool. So, yeah, tell us what is Bramble Residential like. How many agents do you have? What's the plan?
0: Yeah, so um, we're we actually up to uh, thirty five agents now, and we finished the year last year, which was only a couple months ago, uh, with twenty eight agents. Uh, we focus a whole lot on production, not necessarily agent count. So, last year we finished the year with twenty eight agents. Uh, we we produced three hundred twenty five million of of the twenty eight five hundred sixty seven deals. So we don't we don't hire part timers. We do hire. Uh, some agents that are newer, not a, not a ton. Uh, we ask that every agent has at least a year of experience. We usually hire people with more. But we bring people on who are either already successful or who have seen some success but want to grow their business. Most agents that join us, uh, they're either at the 10 million plus mark per year or they want to get there. And most agents who join us who want to get there uh, do in the first full year with us.
1: Awesome. Yeah, that's great. You guys are definitely uh, definitely high touch. I mean, I've known you for long enough to see kind of more of that evolution and, and part of that story. And one of the things I think about you in particular, I mean, this whole podcast is focused on kind of operations and systems, but right. you really, you really have that part down. Is that just kind of natural to you? Or did you have to learn it the hard way? Or how did, how did that come about?
0: Yeah, so I, I learned it kind of the hard way, but I took to it pretty, I took to it pretty quickly. I've always been, you know, pretty obsessive about efficiency, but I never really applied it to business until I don't know. Probably five years ago is whenever I really started applying it to business. Before that, I always had the mindset that I could outwork anybody, which is true, also. But you'll burn out pretty quickly if you if you do that. Uh, and then it was really in 2017, uh, a friend and mentor of mine. He's really into like lifestyle design, and uh, he started showing me like, hey, if you build these systems, then it's going to free up more of your more of your time. Uh, and so I started doing that, and you know I've been able to do fun things like. I left town for five weeks to go snowboarding over the winter of this year and, and stuff like that. And the business continues to grow and continues to thrive while I'm off doing those things.
1: That's awesome. I use you as an example a lot. I'm like, I know a guy who measures his success by how many days he gets to snowboard every year.
0: And rock climbing. And rock climbing. And
1: yeah, they break nice. down. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I, I love that so much. So from, from like a systems perspective, can you give us a little more kind of insight into what type of systems or where do you start? Like a lot of people that may be listening, like they know they should have systems, but sometimes it seems like this nebulous far off thing. Like how do I get these nebulous systems? So take us through a little bit, like what's the anatomy of a system or how do you go from, from no system to system?
0: Um, Yeah. So if you have, if you don't have any systems, you're honestly in a really good spot to start, to start building them. Probably the first system that I ever built was just a templating system where I noticed that I was, you know, writing the same email, and this is years ago. This is before I even got super, super serious and really into systems. But you, you notice you write the same emails over and over, and, and this is anything from a, you know, super quick follow up to a lead to, uh, you know, an initial email that you send to a seller or a buyer or whatnot. And after you know you type it the same, the same email or a similar email seven or eight times, um, I saved them in Word documents, and then uh, you know over the years you learn like, okay, well we can actually save that in, uh, Google, I'm sorry, in Gmail templates and you can save it inside follow up boss and, and stuff like that. But that'd be a really, that'd be a really simple one to do. Uh, you know, offloading it's funny. We used to call it offloading $10 an hour work after the you know, kind of inflation. Now it's probably offloading like $20 an hour work now, but, but stuff, stuff that you can offload that, that, uh, is, you know, hard to screw up with, with the right documentation. That's, that those are really ripe for systems. So, um, I'll tell you uh, an even, an even better story about how we got into systems. So the, I think it was the second or third assistant that I hired and and I, I cannot stand hiring people. It's just not, not fun at all. Um, I was like, man, I keep training these people over and over. And so let's just call it the third assistant that I hired. Um, whenever they asked me how to do something, I got into a Google doc and I, I typed out explicitly how to do it. So it was entering a listing into the MLS this is how you do it. You log in at this link. Here's a screenshot of where you log in. Uh, you then go to this. You, you then go to this section and and you you click on this and you enter this. And whenever you get to uh, the part that it asks you about, uh, you know, are horses allowed? You never ignore it. You always put no, even though it seems really silly. And so you end up with this like two page document over how to enter an MLS listing. It probably took you an hour or two to write. You could have entered that MLS listing yourself in twenty or thirty minutes. But now you have this document. Now you can hand it off to this assistant. If that assistant doesn't work out, you know, that stinks. and You have to hire somebody else. But now you have this document. So now you just hand it to the next person. And then what we what we figured out over the years after we had what we call like in real life people who are in front of you, uh, we realized like, oh, wow, we can actually hire some quality virtual assistants. And you already have this document set to hand them. And, and you write it in a way that, you know, an eight year old could understand it. And, and you write it in a way that that if, uh, if they make a mistake, it's because they didn't read the documentation well. Like they're not making assumptions. They're saying, oh, this is exactly how we do it. And it is very, very time intensive and labor intensive, but the great news is you do it once. And, and now you have this asset that you can use over and over. And if things change, you just go back and modify it. And so, and so you end up with a really big doc set. So um, that's how you would start, I guess, is identifying the stuff that you could teach an eight-year-old how to do, as long as they have the attention span, right? And then, and then you hand them documentation. So,
1: yeah, that that's great. I, I love that. And I think, yeah, too many people do get caught up in that, or they don't take the time. I'm a big fan of the the saying "measure twice, cut once." Yeah. Same thing. Put the time in. Do it. And the thing is, you don't have to. You don't have to sit down and do it for hours and days. Do it when that thing happens. Next time you have to put a listing in grab a screenshot while you're doing it, you know, you don't, I think so many people never get started because it's such a daunting task, but it's not I Do it one at a time, you know,
0: I no, I'd agree completely, you know, um, you don't shove a whole hamburger in your mouth, you eat it in bites. Right. And so that's, that's what you do. And what you just said, where, uh, whenever it's time for you to do the task, that's the perfect opportunity. We actually will wait around like now, now the, we're in a really great spot now because we have employees that we've taught how to write documentation. So, um, we we will ask them. We'll say, hey, okay, the next time you do this, will you make sure to document it? And it really helps you. I mean, it helps you whenever you need to hire more people. Uh, redundancy, right? So if if somebody gets sick and there's documentation, well, the really critical stuff that they normally do, you just hand it off to the uh, to the other person. We have one VA who's worked with us for us forever. I mean, Rita's been with us. I think I looked at the other day. She's been with us since like 2016 or something like that. And um, yeah, and, and we realize like this st- a lot of stuff that she's doing during the week, we need it done on the weekend. And in the past, like. It's just kind of not gotten done or maybe I do it a little bit or maybe one of our other key employees, Bailey, does it some. But we need it to be done reliably. And so, I mean, literally two days ago, I said, hey, will you make sure we just give me a, a, a bullet list of everything you do every day? Like like on a it's a replicable set of tasks. She sent it over to me. I was like, OK, cool. Well, these four things need to also be done on the weekend. Do we have documentation for that? Yeah, we do for three of them. OK, we'll write docs for the fourth. And then, hey, we need to go hire this person to just work on the weekend and here's your doc set and you know, take care of it, so. Great,
1: and it does, it makes, it's funny, you mentioned not enjoying the hiring process, but the more you are clear on exactly the role, exactly the tasks they're gonna do, it at least starts to be a lot easier, right? Because you're like, can this person do these things? Yes or no? It becomes very pass fail, right? <laughs> right, very quickly, often. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. One of the things I really wanna dive in with you, which will probably be the bulk of what we'll talk about, Having those systems is is one thing and very incredibly important. But the great thing about having those systems is now you have something consistent to actually measure. And so the systems aren't the goal per se, the measurement of the, the ROI, the efficiency, all of those things. And I know you're really big into that. So pretty, pretty broad topic, but I think on a high level, what are the things ultimately that you're measuring as far as a business owner?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, NOI is the, obviously the number one. Are you making money and how much money are you, are you making? I mean, if you're not profitable, then you know, everything else, nothing else really matters. But yeah, I mean, you want to look at your agent happiness. So you can do that uh, monetarily first. So you obviously want to track how much your agent's making, what's the median look like? What does the average look like? If you, know, you have a whole lot of agents and they're not making a lot of money, that's a pretty not fun place to work. So you want to try to make sure that they're all that they're all making money. We don't have a truly objective way to measure uh, their happiness in their personal life, but we we definitely talk to them about that quite a bit, and we really encourage the agents to have a great work life balance. We look at uh, QA quality assurance, so we do that by uh, looking at the number of reviews that that our agents are are getting. Uh, when they get great reviews, that obviously uh, means that they're doing something right. A lot of folks don't leave bad reviews. That's thankful, right? Whenever, whenever they have a bad experience. So we have some automation that goes out to the clients directly three days after close, asking them to fill out a survey. Um, The clients are usually more open to giving uh, constructive criticism. Certainly constructive criticism on that. The great news is, like, I mean, ninety-nine percent of the time, like, you're just getting more positive feedback. But, but you can identify you can identify some weak spots. Um, And we care about our reputation a lot, so we send. Uh, a survey out. This is all, also automated that uh, goes out uh, three days after close to the cooperating agent. You know how how did our how, how did they perceive the transaction? And we haven't had any like bad experiences in in so much as like we get consistent bad feedback on an agent or anything like that. But we've gotten some feedback here or there that's not the greatest. And then you talk to our agent, you see their side of it. Most of the time, it's all fine. But but measuring, you know, the the type of job that your agents are doing as perceived by the client as perceived by the cooperating agent and measuring how your staff's doing because the surveys do ask about that as well it's important right um you don't want to have any blind spots you don't want to find out that uh you know you're making a bunch of people mad and you don't learn about it until somebody finally writes you a a nasty a nasty review so
1: yeah no that that all makes perfect sense and and i i like all those things as far as like do you get, do you do any sort of like agent reviews or I'm sure you do some coaching type stuff, but like, what's the day in the life of an agent that works with you?
0: Um, yeah. So at a super, super high level, uh, we talk to them about, you know, what are your, I mean, every year, what are your goals? And then those goals are always going to be some sort of production goal and then some sort of, uh, you know, their NOI uh, goal as well. And we say, okay, great. How are you going to get there? And they all have to to be successful you have to have a source of business and that can that can be us and that can be our leads or it can be uh, if they want to try to source it themselves and then uh, so it requires feeding the funnel and then it requires following up right so a good great thing about uh, follow-up boss is uh, on our leads because we have we have requirements for our leads on on theirs we call these best practices but we we require that they use the follow-up boss dialer we require that they use follow-up boss text messaging and then follow-up boss obviously pulls in all of their, uh, all their email communications. So you can see what kind of speed the lead looks like, and you can see, uh, you can see what the follow up looks like. So we help kind of in a very kind way, hold them accountable to make sure that they're going to do the things that, that are going to help them help them be successful in terms of getting the business and closing the business. Then, you know, once they have places under contract uh, we always feel like an agent's job is the hardest up until uh, they're under contract and through the inspection period. Once you're through the inspection period, it's a lot of box checking. And so we have, uh, we have some systems that, that track that and we have some VAs that are transaction coordinators that, that, uh, you know, you know, that, uh, that make sure that those boxes, those boxes are checked. So I'm not sure if that really answers the question or not. But, it, it does. And does that happen across the board now? I'm
1: just curious, does that happen across the board or only on company leads or how, what does that look like for, for an
0: agent? So the, in terms of like the transaction coordination and whatnot, but the transaction coordination is, is, it's basically required on on any seller deals. On buyer deals, um, we uh, we let them choose whether or not they want to whether or not they want to use it. And uh, and then on in terms of like accountability, you know, we don't pester them if it's their own deal. Uh, they don't, you know, we very much coach them and encourage them to do things uh, in in a way that we know will be successful. But it's not as, it's not as much of a requirement.
1: Okay, I was thinking the same thing about follow Boss, right? If you're getting them doing that on company leads, hopefully that breeds the idea of using it for their own leads, you know, like, Oh, we could, we could do this, but, uh, you know, you can, you can lead a horse to water we can all be hopeful, but no, that, that's really great. So you don't, do you measure things with them at the activity level, like number of calls number, or is that just, you don't care as long as they hit their, their high number.
0: Yeah. So at the end of the day, so we, we do, we don't, we don't measure like number of calls in terms of like outbound calls or anything like that, because, most of the leads that we have come in, that what what I've, what I'm pretty good at is getting the phone string. So most, I would say all of our leads are in bounds. basically. What we do measure is we measure speed to lead, and we we measure uh, responsiveness. So we don't consider it an actual contact. Like somebody calls in and they just answer the phone, then you know great, that speed to lead is handled and is within a nanosecond. Um, but if somebody is a web form or receptionist, then yeah, we want them to call them within five minutes, and if they don't get them on the phone, on the phone call, then they're expected to send them a text message and an email within those within those five minutes. That's, you have to do that if you wanna to try to convert, if you wanna to try to convert a lead. Once you have spoken with the lead, we have a pretty defined process on what they need to do after. So we, we talk to people about buyers a whole lot. Most of the time when agents are not in this time, every time that an agent comes to us, new to the company, they start off their buyer's agent. They can work their own sellers, but they're not gonna get seller leads until they've been with us for a long time. So once they've talked to somebody who is a buyer, they've figured out they're a viable lead or probably a viable lead, they need to immediately, as soon as they hang up, send them a recap email. The recap email says, you know, hey, all my direct contact information is below. Uh, They recap what they talked about. You know, I very much look forward to helping you relocate here from Portland and look for a $700,000 house in Lakeway or wherever it is. Then they tell them what they're going to do. By the end of the day, I'm going to go ahead and set up your searches for you. And then I'm going to send a property. I'm going to send another email that describes the different areas we're looking at. And ideally, they go ahead and do that right then. Even though they, to, they said they'd do it by the end of the day, they go ahead and set up all their searches. They do all those things. We actually had a meeting about this uh, yesterday. And it is the agents that do this stuff consistently are all knocking it out of the park. Because every single person they talk to and do all this stuff for, they spend between 30 minutes and an hour on every single lead that comes in. But those leads don't go anywhere else because why would they? You just provided so much value. We don't usually have a problem with this, but we have had an issue where an agent will go into it with kind of a defeatist attitude. They feel like the leads aren't good or this person's not really serious or whatnot. So they don't want to invest the extra 45 minutes into it. And I mean, that's the surest way to not be successful. You have to put the time into this. Um, You know, we get paid a good amount of money for this closings that do happen. So the reason we get paid that much is because there are closings that don't happen, but you have to work each one as though they're, as though they're going to be a buyer. And most of them that you talk to uh, roughly 50% of them turn into buyers. So it's not, I mean, legitimate like closing. So it's not, it's not like it's a, a huge waste of time. So.
1: Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And my other, I was just thinking like, do you guys police that somehow? I mean, is, do you have like a leads manager watching it? Do you do that? Like, what does that, what does that look like?
0: Yeah. So we, we decided, um, call it three months ago that we were gonna hire a sales manager. And the way to hire a sales manager and make it fail would be for me to hire a sales manager and say, here's what I want you to do, and you do it your way or you figure it out or whatnot. So I've been the sales manager for the past three months and I know it's a little bit annoying, but I'm what I'm doing is I'm I'm figuring out how viable is it to really, you know, watch all this stuff. And the agents that have built the good habits, no, we don't we don't pester them. I mean, it's something that you know, we can pretty much assume that they're doing it, they're doing it right. New agents, I mean, every, they don't have the habits built yet. So it, I think it's actually met with, with gratitude more often than not whenever we say like, hey, you didn't dial through the dialer, you have to dial through the dialer. Or, um, hey, I noticed that you didn't uh, send a recap email right after. Or, hey, why did you not set up searches? And and then, you know, it'll, it'll be answers like, oh, man, uh, you know, whatever reason right and i'm like well the whole point is to get the searches out so like make sure you do that and then generally the habits are corrected and people move towards they move towards success at that point
1: that's great no that that makes good sense and i, I like i want to dig a little deeper into what you just said i i really love the do it first idea and i think a lot of times as business owners that's especially hard right because there are a lot of things that you should be doing and, and i think a lot of people think like oh why would i The whole point of that is I need to outsource, I need to hire that, I need to outsource that. But for you to do it and understand it, what are these key things? Is this a piece of software or is it a human? Is it a VA who's filling out my little spreadsheet of, you know, it took you three minutes, it took you 10 minutes, or is it a talented human? And then again, to the measure twice, cut once, you can make a quick intelligent decision um, do you mind sharing how you're going to move forward? Do you think you'll bring in a person to do it? Or are
0: you going to keep doing it? Oh, yeah, no, a million percent. So I'll make one point too. You know, I don't do this with every hire. There's no, not a chance I would do this every hire. Uh, you know, listing coordinator, for example, that's a, a position that's been established and well-documented for 10 years. So, you know, if, we, if we're going to hire a listing coordinator, we just interview until we find the right person and we say, here's what you need to do. The reason why I had to step in and say like, Hey guys, and I funny at a meeting. I said, Hey guys, I'm your new sales manager, Eric. And I'm sorry if I'm annoying, but I have to document it and tell like I have to have documentation to hand this new hire and tell them, here's what here's what we expect you to do. if I were to hire somebody and say, hey, you figure it out, the the likelihood that they're going to do it in a way that I want it to be done or even a highly successful way, because our systems are pretty unique, is pretty low. So that's that's why it's in the same idea as like I spend a whole bunch of time now figuring it out, building the system in order to hopefully get to snowboard more next year. Right. I mean, that's the whole, that's the whole idea. Yeah. So we, we actually, uh, about a month in whenever I was like, okay, we are going to have to hire a human for this. We, I put an ad on Indeed and we're, I mean, interviewing somebody tomorrow, I'm interviewing another person the following day. We're, we're wrapping up like the, the system creation or the documentation phase of it. And then we're going to bring, we're going to bring that person in over time for sure. Uh, we want to automate as much as this as possible. So to start what we're going to do is the, sales manager will more than likely be you know, checking almost every lead that comes in. Like, did they do it? Did they do it correctly? Now we already have a marketing assistant that listens to every call to try to spot problem calls. That person is the ideal person to start auditing lead follow-up. Like, so, so what ends up happening is, okay, sales manager comes in and we go, okay, well, here are the things we're always looking for. Okay, now you know, Rita, marketing assistant. We need you to go look for this stuff, and you just deliver me a report once a day so that I can go follow up with these folks. The only downside of that is it is really great, and this sounds negative, and I don't mean it to be. But if you if you can catch somebody making a mistake, like right when they make it, the chance that you're going to correct that is much higher than if you catch them and tell them about it eight hours after they eight hours after they did it. So there, there are some things that we need to kind of consider now. The the gold standard with this is to tie into follow boss's API and to just deliver the report immediately, right? Hey, this lead was assigned to you and you didn't follow up within five minutes. You know, that's a problem. Things like things like, yeah. So once we have that actual, like, like programmed automation, that'll be the gold standard, but we're not gonna, I'm not going to dive in and say like, Oh, uh, we can't make improvements until we have this programming done. Like that would be a silly way. We'd waste probably a full year of trying to program it and we'd probably get it wrong. So, so this is a better way to. It's a sort of a Kaizen approach of 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 iterating into something that will turn out to be phenomenal in a year or two. And right now, it's pretty good. So,
1: no, that that's great, and it really does make perfect sense. And another thing, you know, that's a little borderline edgy to say is that, you know, the more you either systematize that, document it, or just understand what you're looking for, either the less expensive, or I hate to say less talented, because that's not the right way. Less experienced maybe is a better way to say it. You can hire now, if you if you have a great system and documentation and you hire amazing talent, that's best case scenario, but I don't think enough people understand that they can grow their own talent. Everybody's like, well, I can't afford an operations a full-time experienced operations manager. Well, you can grow one out of an assistant if you're if you're smart about it and if you have a a decent plan, you know,
0: I mean, completely. yeah, I mean, one of our super key employees, Bailey, started out as a ten dollar an hour assistant ten years ago. You know, um, she's one of our top producers now. Probably, unfortunately, because I wish she would have stayed in management. But yeah, that's you know, you, you people, you can grow really, really great people. And and I could argue too that even if you go pay a bunch of money, if I if I were to go put a, an Indeed ad out, you know, for three hundred thousand dollar a year, you know, CTO or something like that, the chances that I hire the, the chance that I hire the right person is pretty low. And you also are going to have still a three to six month ramp up period where they're coming in and trying to understand your systems, trying to figure out what they're going to do, you know, going back to like, I always feel like I can outwork anybody. Well, this is where I do plug myself back in and say like, okay, I'm going to work my ass off in order to, in order to make something really good at the other end of it. That carrot always being like, okay, I got to get more days on the mountain next year than I did this year. So,
1: yeah, no, it's totally true. And I think what I really... It's not even your philosophy. What I love about your business and the way that you do it is that I feel like you do have a good balance of what you have to do, but you're also your desire is to be hands-off. So you know what I mean? Like you're not getting in there and like, I'm a sales manager now, and I'm gonna do all this and this and that. It's like you're figuring it out with the goal of getting out of it. I think too many people start, they get deep into it and they get micromanagey, and then they're miserable because their days you know, nothing but correcting people. Um, I don't know if that's, is that a
0: natural thing or is that like a learned thing? Like where did that go? No, it's a, it's a learned thing for sure. Um, I think a lot of business owners are perfectionists and, you know, um, what I, you have to be okay with things being like 90% good. It's really funny. We had a, we, we got super deep in the in the philosophical weeds the other day and uh, the person who made 100% on the test is actually dumber than the person who made the 90 because the person who made the ninety still got an A, and they didn't have to study as much, right? So, so that's and ninety percent is a good. It, it's an A, right? Now there are some things that it's not, like you accounting, like you better get damn near hundred, right? But, but uh, right. Uh, yeah, but but like if I have okay, so if if I have if I have a system, so if I push out what let's just call it a leads follow up system, uh, and I push it out in a month and, and it's ninety percent good, and then my competitor pushes out. A leads follow up system that's a hundred percent good, but he he releases it or she releases it three months from now. Who closed more deals? Clearly, I did because I got it. I, I delivered it earlier, right? And beyond that, if they push it out in three months, probably I've iterated it up to be almost as good as theirs in that three months in that three months time. Anyways, so what you want to do is you know we we have a saying like it's a progress over perfection. And you don't wanna you don't wanna really slop, you don't wanna do anything crappy. But whenever you look at something and you go, okay, this, this is good enough to deliver it and it and it's gonna provide some value, you probably need to ship it. It's probably time to go ahead and test it out. So
1: yeah, that I think that's one of the hardest things for real estate people in general, is like they feel like they gotta get it all right, but a lot of times they're not details people, so they're kind of waiting to get it all right, but they also don't want to. Like, I, I try to use the word iterate as much as possible, too, because I think people need to get that into their head that, like, got to be good enough. It's not about delivering 60 percent up front because that won't work either. But you got to get it good enough that it makes sense that you can that you can iterate on it. And I know everybody wants the magic answer. Like every time I do a webinar, people are like, just give me the magic action plan. Just tell me what stages to use. Just, you know.
0: You know, what's funny. So there's a guy, do you know, do you know, Russell Shaw? Have you, are you aware of him at all? Or he's, he's better. No, I don't believe so. Yeah. So he's out of Arizona. Um, Russell's kind of a a mentor of mine and, and um, he's been doing hundreds of transactions a year since the eighties. Right. And um, everybody always asks him the same thing. They're like, what's the magic bullet for marketing? And, and he told me once, he goes, Eric, he goes, I could give you my scripts, like, like literally like his radio and, and television scripts because you could run them in Austin and and they could just they could fall flat because it's a completely different audience. So things things are different no matter no matter where you are. The only way that my systems would work as effectively as they do in another brokerage is if that brokerage had the same agent quality and the same type of marketing, right? So everybody's going to be different. That's, that's and the same. Yeah, it's not an indictment on like, oh, my agents are better than yours or your agents are better than mine or anything. Like that. It's like, no, like there's a different culture everywhere you go. And the the marketing is going to deliver different types of of clients and the clients are going to be different based on the metro you're in. So, you know, the systems you can certainly grab ideas, but but you can't take this and go, Oh, this is the magic bullet system because it's gonna be different wherever wherever you are. You have to take elements of things, try them, keep what works, and throw away what doesn't work. So totally.
1: No, I I don't think people in real estate say that enough because people do come on a webinar or they're selling a product and they're like, all you need to do is buy this thing and it's going to give you all, all those things. Right.
0: You just need to, <laughs> pay me, uh, yeah. you just need to pay me $500 a month. And that's, you know, that's, it's going right. to fix everything. Yeah.
1: We'll fix it all. Mm-hmm. Don't ask too many questions.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: What about, what about the documentation of this? Cause that occurs to me. Do you guys have like some sort of intranet or is it like Google drive or is it videos? Like now that it's, now that you have, a lot of systems and a lot of like processes, where do those live?
0: Yeah, so um, I'll tell you the history behind it. So they started out as Google Drive and then they grew enough that they needed to be on a wiki. So we, we put a wiki plugin on the website and then the wiki plugin uh, wasn't very searchable. So we used a third party system called Tetra that, that was very, very searchable. But then the doc set grew so huge, it was like three or 400 pages that even though you could search it, the agents couldn't find anything. And so very recently, we just migrated everything back to the website. And if you go to our website, it's not password protected. Uh, you go to bramlettresidential.com slash company dash guide. And if you go there, you can see all of our documentation. Um, there's probably some stuff you can't get to, like some of our email templates. Actually, our email templates are all going to be in follow-up boss. And our reporting and whatnot are in real scale. and, and uh, Actually, just in real scale and a little bit in follow-up boss. But yeah, go there. You can see it. And what we've done is we've, we've organized it in a way that the agents can find what they need. And we're in the process of putting uh, a search on it right now. That should be delivered in the, next, in the next week or two. But that's where, yeah, that's where it all is. And, uh, and then we do have, you know, some documents that are probably in Drive or whatever that maybe an employee here or there, here or there uses, but it, most of everything that you need is right there.
1: And is that all the same stuff for staff there for like a listing process? Or is that like in a different staff only type of place?
0: Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, that is predominantly agent facing. So that's when the agents have questions. How do I find stuff? The staff, I mean, almost entire, with the exception of our marketing assistant who does, you know, some, some rep, some replicable tasks every day, like looking at different things. Um, all of our staff are going to be support staff for transactions, right? So, um, that's in, uh, uh real scale has a, a pretty robust transaction management, system where it's, um, it's a, it's a, a templated task list. So whenever a buyer contract is entered, you know, it's going to launch these set of task templates or whatnot. And then it's assigned to the right person and that person, that person does it. Um, the documentation actually lives there because each task has its own, has its own how to like inside the task. So that way if you have something new, yeah, you got something new, it's like, Oh, Hey, you need to go, uh, I don't know, email them to ask them about a cluster mailbox well, the email template's right there. And then I don't know that you need a how-to on how to send an email, but you know what I mean? It's all, it's all just right there in the task. So. Sure.
1: No, that makes perfect sense. So it's a template of tasks, but within that task, it's like
0: click on this, add the thing, send this email template. Well, it's, yeah. mean, And really we try to keep clicks to a minimum. So like once you click on the task, like everything is right there. Like if you you just need to, you just need to review the email, hit send, and move on. Move on to the next one. So
1: that's great. I mean, I, the thing about the business too is that there does all, There always seems to be that exception, right? It's like, oh, this is a cash cash buyer. This one waived the contingent. You know, waived an appraisal contingency. Well, this guy's an investor. This is a, you know, a agent occupant. Like they're all a little different, you know.
0: Yeah, and that's where I get pretty in the weeds in terms of like trying to code the the different because transactions are so similar. But then you have these variables that you have to account for. So, you know, we do have things like that. Like, oh, it, it, you know, cash. If there's a literally a task that says, "If cash deal, then close out this, 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 and this," we actually built in the automation to where you just close out that thing, and it automatically closes all of them. So, but that's the thing, man. Like, you didn't. You, like, nobody should get too focused on the actual tech. The tech is. It's there to serve you. It's there to facilitate your systems. Your systems are 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 what you have people doing over and over and over. The tech is there to help, you know, make that easier to make people do it more efficiently. So
1: yeah, we do we we teach the same thing inside a follow-up because I'm like, okay, you talk to somebody and they say, great, call me in six months or hey, we're gonna be visiting in, in May or whatever. Don't just make a task that says call this guy. Make a task that says, you know, likely to move in May call in April and ask about, you know, would you like me on a property search? Like you gotta be smart with what you're writing, you know?
0: I would love to, you know, some other time, just get on the phone with you or the or video chat with you and compare our follow-up boss setups. Cause I'm pretty sure they're probably pretty similar, but I could probably learn some stuff. I could probably learn some stuff, a lot of stuff from you. And maybe I've got an idea or two that you guys could, that you guys could avoid. So I,
1: I love that. I, I think, you know, it's funny when you, when you mentioned that about real scale, like that is true. It is. You got to have a, a really solid checklist, but by the same token, there's got to be, like you said, you can't. Because I joke about the same thing in follow-up law stages; it's like a race to the bottom. People are like, "Well, we need an active buyer." Well, now we need an active seller. Well, what if they're a buyer and a seller? And I'm like, At what point do we just stop making ourselves crazy?
0: If you want to go down the the that tangent for a sec, I mean, we've we've gone back and forth on stages, and where we landed was was just a time frame, right? So you've got effectively like if okay so this is how simple we like to keep things if you go to our website com, uh, an agent actually commented dude she's like he said he said I, I love it because you go to the site and it says buyer or seller i'm like well of course like do we care about it? i mean we care about other people but like do we care about serving anybody else besides a buyer or seller absolutely not right so yeah just get them where they need to go so with with stages we have lead because it's new lead and then you've got hot they're going to buy or sell within three months you got warm, they're going to buy or sell within six, within three to six months, or you've got long term six plus months. And then you have the other like post closing stages, like they're closed or their sphere or whatnot. But that's, that's the only way we categorize stages, because the more you try to like slice and dice it up, the less helpful it becomes, because you can't find what you're looking for. Well, and it becomes that decision fatigue. I always tell people
1: if you can't, what we typically do with people is give them a default stage, usually nurture or a long term nurture. I'm like, if an agent has to think for more than two seconds about what the stage is, it's nurture. Like if it's not obvious that it's hot or active, like they signed a buyer brokerage or buyer rep, nurture. Like people have to have that. You you, you can't have to think that long. They're, you're in the car. You're trying to do
0: it on the app, you know. So I I will get more value out of this than, than you will get. So if you do look at it, um, thank you in advance. I'll send you... Uh, what we call our follow-up boss daily workflow. And um, yeah, take a look at it. Let me know, let me know what you think. It, I will, it's, it, not enough people have that. I was actually gonna mention that just in
1: the sense of the documentation thing. And so that we work with people is to have a little follow-up boss cheat sheet because you gotta define your stages and your smart lists at just a basic level,
0: you know? like. No, that's it, but you but you have to have good smart lists and those all start with good stages. Okay, if, if, so if you don't, at a bare minimum, if you don't have your database segmented between, you know, leads, future business and close f- slash sphere past refer, you know, referral business, then, then you can't build a smart list because otherwise like our smart lists are all based around email activity. And I'm sorry, they're all based around agent communication, like manual communication and then lead behavior. Right. So did have they open an email or have they, have they hit the website and, if you just have one gigantic list of everybody who's opened an email in the past, call it five days, it's a mess, right? But but if you have like a list of all the people that have opened an email in the past five days who you haven't reached out to in the past three, and they're also a hot lead, I mean, there you go. That's really really valuable, right? So but but you don't, but but you have to have good input, which is the agent categorizing the stages. Otherwise, it just won't work. Yeah,
1: totally. It's funny. This this recording will come out after this, but we're actually doing. Our follow boss office hours on that same topic. Like you got to have this piece, this piece, and this piece. Then joining them together is what a smart list is. You know, if they're tagged buyer, their stage is hot, and they haven't been called in three days, then boom, that's your that's your list. But I think from your perspective, from the brokerage perspective, I mean, that's the value you're providing your agent, right? Like they don't have to make that smart list. All they have to do is call the guy that's in it, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, and and that that goes. I mean, in terms of like systems, right? So we have all these back office systems, but then, you know, the smart lists are part of what I just emailed you, which is what it's our daily follow up, boss, our, our follow up daily workflow, and and those are like we create these systems for the agents. They can plug into them. We have a SY nurture program, which uh, is all it's managed by all of our assistants, and and we handle it for all the agents at close, you know, at closeout. So that's these systems like that's the value that we provide other than leads right so like when an agent doesn't need leads anymore you know why would they not just look for a better split well it's because we are supporting them in a really great way you can support agents in one of two ways you can either staff up and have a whole bunch of people that'll just do whatever the hell they need right then which by the way is my worst nightmare or yeah or you can have things organized in a really in a really great way and and everybody knows what they're supposed to do and HR head, you don't, we, we, I've always said we will never have an HR department like ever, right? Because that just, that, that's also my worst nightmare. Yeah. People should know what they, they, they should, people should be empowered to know what they're supposed to do every day and they should be self sufficient because they shouldn't have to go look around for, for how are they supposed to do things. So
1: that's perfect. I think that's the, I think that's the perfect ending statement. So we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll leave it at that and, I really appreciate you joining me and sharing all this and I look forward to the next time.
0: Lee, thank you so much. Um, I always really enjoy this, man. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy
1: listening to Powering Real Estate, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. Subscribes and reviews help other people find us and allow us to keep interviewing top industry experts. If you're looking for a customized solution for your follow-up boss account or wanting a free assessment of your account, visit amplifiedsolutions.com. There you can also find free resources and link with us.